You're listening to Kilometer Zero by The Cycling Podcast, powered by Super Sapiens, energy management for committed athletes and coaches. It's not changing my life, but uh, if it wouldn't have happened, because I still would be a professional rider and still chasing my dream, but uh, yeah, I, now I'm looking for um, the Giro and the Hungarian Giro that will be two parts of my career, like before and after. So it will be a really big turning point for me. This year's Giro is the most important race in my life. True to form, you've picked out the kind of bohemian quarter of town for us to stay. And we've already got a local, haven't we? The vegan restaurant has become our local where we've just had a nice lunch. Falafel burger for those who are interested. And as pointed out on Instagram last night, the terrace for this particular eatery is a, well, it looks to be a disused fruit and vegetable lorry, which is just fantastic. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Um, It's a nice, I went running this morning up to the big park, probably about 500 metres away from here. Uh, I went a bit further than 500 metres in total, I should stress. And I got my first little um, vibe of Budapest. Obviously, a busy workday morning, everyone rushing off to work. Um, But I am yet to cite my first example of the Giro d'Italia being in town. I haven't seen anything that would tie the Grande Partenza to Budapest yet. So I'm going to go searching for that this afternoon. Well, last night, or yesterday in fact, I went to a, a bike-themed wine bar and I asked the owner how excited he was about the Giro d'Italia coming to Budapest. And he said, the Giro de what? And I said, the Giro d'Italia, the Tour of Italy bike race. It's here in town. He'd never heard of it. But that is not a necessarily accurate reflection on the level of enthusiasm, the volume of the enthusiasm here. Because I witnessed some l- last night, in fact, um, or you witness some enthusiasm for a different sport you were at the Ferenc Varos football match I was at the team presentation and the team presentation yesterday took place in Heroes Square and there's no doubt who the home hero of this weekend is as far as the people in Budapest certainly the cycling fans are concerned it's Wednesday night and we've made it to Budapest we've made it to the team presentation I'm in Heroes Square a very famous monument in Budapest and the noise you can hear behind me is well it's the Abbasin Phoenix team and Mathieu van der Poel in particular being presented here but just about 20 minutes ago there was an even bigger moment uh, even more rapturous applause when the local hero Attila Valta was presented here and the beautiful sunshine now um, after storms earlier in the day and I'm quite surprised by the number of people here and I'm also quite surprised just speaking to some of the fans that have assembled just how much they know about Attila Valta and how excited they are about what he might do this weekend. My name is Paul, yeah. Yeah, I would say we are pretty impressed and we are pretty excited. Like uh, in uh, in the news lately, we, we saw a lot of um, info about this, uh, about the Giro, about, you know, the press uh, try to familiarize the uh, the city with, with what is the Giro d'Italia and, you know, what is cycling really, so... Yeah, we are pretty pretty excited, I would say, and not only the cycling fans, but like uh, the whole city. I mean, a lot of the people here. Do you think that they know what the Giro d'Italia is? Uh, some, do you think some of these people have just sort of have just kind of stumbled upon this tonight? <laughs> uh, well, you know, it's uh, 
cycling in Hungary is in really in a now it's we are getting into it. So now if you ask someone from the streets, probably they won't know what is uh, what is Giro d'Italia. I think people here know like. They come here for a reason. They want to see, you know, uh, Valverde. They want to see uh, the big names, Walter Attila, for you know. But uh, I would say we are in a phase to familiarize with uh, with cycling, and it's a it's a really big step for us. Like it's really important. Really, we are really we're super ha super happy for it. So I noticed you said Walter Attila because we've been battling with this now for two years, and when I've asked him, he said, "Oh, it's okay, just say Attila Walter." But Walter Attila here, yeah. Yeah, well, Thursday, yeah. <laughs> um, and so I spoke to him a couple of weeks ago and he talked a lot about the pressure that he's going to feel, but he's going to try and enjoy it as much as possible. Um, just just give me a sense of how, what he represents for the Hungarians. Like, how important is he? Um, if he continues to be successful, becomes more successful, could you see the same impact that we've seen with other small countries, like, for example, Slovenia? He's not another Pogacar, but... You know, one rider can cause a huge, can be a Pied Piper, can have a huge ripple effect. Yeah, definitely. Like, uh, I think now already he has an impact on the uh, on the on the kids. Um, more people are buying, you know, FDG jerseys. I don't know if it's from AliExpress or it's a real one, but more people are buying it. I see more road cyclists since uh, I would say since last year. So I think it already has a big impact and. Uh, in the future, it is going to grow definitely. Like you know, this year we have three uh, riders in the Giro. I hope in uh, five, ten years we have even more, and we have more successes. Like the Slovenians have been Mohoric and you know the with the others. So definitely, it's, we really needed this, like this community. Well, Lionel, we've heard who the locals certainly would like the star to be this weekend. But what do you know about Attila? Well, I know he's won his home stage race, the Tour of Hungary. And I know that as his career has progressed, he's developed a real affinity with racing in Italy. He was fourth in the under-23 Giro di Lombardia. He, well, if he continues his current progression at the Giro d'Italia... He's going to win it this year. Why? Because in 2020 he was 27th overall. Last year he was 14th overall, an improvement of 13 places. If he improves another 13 places, he's going to win in Verona. It's the same rate as your running is improving. Um, extraordinary. Well, you'll remember, Lionel, that we interviewed Attila for the first time in 2020 for our Giro, when the Giro was supposed to come to Budapest. And we learned about well him having started as a mountain biker. His mum is a masseur. She... Um, she helps him even now. His dad is a, a cycling coach. Um, he told us about the delicacies that we would, um, we would have enjoyed had we come to um, Budapest at that time. He told us in particular about the turto kaposka, which is the, the stuffed cabbage. We had a, quite an animated discussion about this. But um, we've learned, you know, we've learned more about him since then. Um, I know his agent quite well, uh, Mattia Galli, who's also the agent to Primoz Roglic. He told me um, last year that he spotted Attila because in 2018, the Tour of Slovakia, was, he was in a break with Julian Alaphilippe, Ben Hermans, Jan Tratnik. Jan Tratnik is also Mattia's client and, and Tratnik told him afterwards, told Mattia that this young Hungarian, 20 years old at that time, so was quite something. So they then hooked up and Attila was picked up by the CCC development team. He then turned professional and has since signed for uh, Groupama FDJ, the French team. 
Well, that takes me back to the football because Ferenc Valos play in the Gruparma Arena. Uh, to the southwest of the city, no, sorry, southeast of the city, and I wondered whether there's some kind of tie up there because, um, yeah, Attila Valta has signed for Group Arma, and uh, obviously Group Arma have a big presence here in Budapest, uh, sponsoring the well, the champions of Hungary. 33 times they've been champions of Hungary, uh, their home ground. Very nice place it was too, and of course, the the wider world, certainly the wider public, got to know Attila Valta at the Giro d'Italia a year ago because on the fourth day to Sestola he was among the riders who gained quite a lot of time in horrific weather and then after five stages he was nestled well one minute off the pink jersey which was held by Alessandro De Marchi at that time and in fact before stage six on the morning of stage six which was from a place called Grotte di Frassasi and it was going to Ascoli Piceno I spoke to Attila and, well, we were struck at the time by his confidence. Well, Attila, you've got a lovely white jersey there. Um, in a, one corner of your head, have you thought about changing it to pink today? Yeah, of course. Uh, not just one corner. Uh, I can say that's my main goal to, for today. Uh, it's not easy, but I think we, we have to set uh, high goals for, for a race to achieve something great. I know it's not easy to stay with the main group. It's not easy to to keep within uh, 24 seconds for Vlasov or Remco and also not easy to give one minute to to riders like uh, Alessandro De Marchi who will also will fight uh, tooth and nails for the for the jersey so I just do I will do my best and, and then we see it's already I think a good achievement and if the Maya Rosa is waiting uh, one more or two more years for me that's that's also okay I just here to enjoy and do my best. And then, Lionel, just a few hours later, well, that confidence proved to be justified because he took the Magliarosa. And then it was count the gaps to the rest of the riders in the GC. Made a, a stage winner. Attila Walter would be the new Magliarosa. What are his chances of taking the pink jersey on stage one in Visegrad? Well, I'm sure that he would absolutely love to. He certainly has very clear, very vivid and very powerful memories of the three days he ended up spending in pink last year. The first one is, of course, the first pictures of uh, having that. The first moment when I get it uh, at the top of the climb uh, in the rain. Uh, but one which is really strong is before, um, I think the first day when I um, have it at the start, at the first uh, stage uh, seven, and was a city full of people, of course, and everybody was looking at me. And this is this was something really crazy that the days before I was looking at uh, Filippo Ganna and the first stages that uh, everybody is uh, saying his name and looking at him. And I was like, oh, my God, this is this is incredible, like millions of people saying your name and looking at you. And then when I get to wear it, uh, it was immediately the same with me. So I was like, it's not the power of the rider. Of course, Ghana is, Filippo is Filippo. People already know him, but the jersey power. So it was uh, the, the things which is coming back to me. Like the, the first day that they were saying, um, uh, Maya Rosa, Maya Rosa everywhere. Mm. The second day, I had it, like more than half of the people, they were saying my name.
the strange things which I, I, I think sometimes that how could I sleep uh, after the first day and I was sleeping quite easy. I oh, went right. home, uh, I went back to the hotel, I, I, we talked with the team, with the teammates, we opened the champagne, we had the really good food and a little celebration. And then I went to the room, then I spoke with my roommate, uh, Lars Vandenberg was my roommate and we were just talking and yeah, before midnight I went to sleep and I think after 20 minutes I fall asleep and yeah, next day I was like, how, how could I fall asleep? It's, you know, uh, because my mind was still going and going and going, but I knew that I had to sleep if I want to wear the, the jersey next day. Yeah, yeah. Welcome back. Uh, I know you are a star in Hungary right now. What about your day, your second day in Pink? The second day was as nice as the first one. We managed to let a, a good break for us to, to go. Nine riders with enough gap in the general. And then uh, we we rolling in the front. It was a really beautiful day, I think, for, for the team to, to show the, the logos, the Grupama and the FDG, our main sponsors. and. Uh, we we wanted this day to, to thank them, of course, and yeah, for me it was it was another beautiful day to, to spend in the Maya Rosa. What about your legs and what about your? So yeah, I had so many memories there, but this is the the main like how people is looking at you, how yeah. people is recognizing you, and even they don't know you, they just looking for you in the bunch, they looking for you in the peloton, they're not looking at the peloton. Yeah. I was I, I had this feeling they're not looking at the peloton they're looking at the rosa yeah. and they are searching for that so it was uh, it was incredible um, it cannot be a coincidence that I have the, the Maya Rosa of course I know that it's different to, to keep it to the Milan until Milan but uh, yeah I'm proud that I have it now and it gives me a lot of confidence and I look forward to the other stages but Attila last year at the Giro if there was one thing that really stood out about your three days in the Giro it was how well you reacted to the stress or you seemed to react at least when you were talking to us in the media you seemed confident you seemed like someone who quite enjoyed stress and enjoyed that pressure or am I right to say that or was were you were you just a good yeah. actor yeah I'm also a good actor of course, <laughs> but I was also surprised that um I was handling the situation quite well if I look back the interviews or I think back how I felt and f you cannot change emotions, you can change how you act, but you cannot change emotions. And I was truly enjoying it. And I was really happy already after the first hours in the Rosa that, uh, I'm not overstressing. I just have a healthy stress and then I can handle it. This year it will be different because I will be already have this almost the same amount of stress. I mean, from my country, from my people, uh, not from the cycling world, but from, from the Hungarians, they will, they will put with me together. We will put much more pressure on me already without, uh, without a result. So last year I was, um, I already had something great. So when the pressure came, I was like, yeah, I can lose next day. Uh, the Jersey, I can, whatever it just happened now it's already a, a an achievement which is not so much rider is uh, is taking so uh i i could always keep that in mind and uh, it was hard and it was it was really strange but i i could really live these three days you know if it's um you have days which you forget and these days it's just saved in my head forever saved in my memory everything even the races the the parkours everything it's just i was focused so much and then 
when I when I lose the jersey when I lost it, then it was like, yeah, okay, that was it. Mm. A good rider in a in a really hard stage took it from me. He take it even home, so he already won the tour. So it's not a shame to lose it. Uh, maybe I can wear it again one day. I hope, but I really hope that with the kind of uh, same mindset, um, I can do this Giro because. I'm already professional. I'm already someone um, who you can count with the with the stage win or a good result. And you you have to achieve that first. So it's already something to be proud of. And I try to not forget it. Like uh, if it's not uh, such a good uh, Giro than uh, it was last year, still I had to be happy that I'm there and uh, enjoying the race, enjoying the moment because uh, it's really easy to forget this and then chasing some results and then. You know, you had the results you you were uh, seeking, and then you feel like uh, it's the same day, it's the same bike. Next day, it's the same uh, environment. So yeah. you could you could have enjoyed before. So of course, I want to do really well. But from starting from that, from last year of the Giro, or maybe even before some races, I started to have a little different mindset, like being hungry to win the races, but not not. Uh, thinking only about that like life has so many things and races have so many things and sometimes i enjoy the most when i have no result yeah. at all so in the end yeah it's of course nice to win nice to have uh some popularity the people are uh, proud of you and uh, these are big moments of your life but you know in the end of the day you can enjoy uh, without being known and without without achieving something nice. Still gassing on fueling? Not sure what or when to eat and drink on rides that matter? Never again. Optimize your fueling strategy with real-time glucose data, actionable insights and personalized analytics. We're here to help you achieve your performance goals. Go to supersapiens.com for more on how to track your energy levels and fuel for success. The Cycling Podcast, powered by Supersapiens. Hey everyone, Sam Brandt here from Team Nova Nordisk. So we've just arrived in Crete for stage one of Tour of Hellas. Uh, the race begins tomorrow. Uh, really excited, really looking forward to it. Just uh, walking down now to um, the bike room to sort our bikes, uh, meet the mechanics, meet the team. We're right on the coast, beautiful countryside, absolutely stunning hills. Um, maybe not so stunning tomorrow, but I'm really looking forward to it. So yeah, as I say, breakfast and coffee with the boys, team presentation, and then we have massage. So yeah, looking forward to it, some relaxed time. Hey everyone, Sam here. So we've just been into the downtown, well, the centre of Heraklion to do the team presentation. Beautiful port, beautiful seaside town, uh, just like home, but uh, no, incredible. Uh, nice to get on stage, introduce the team and show that we're here uh, driving change in diabetes uh, for the people of Crete, for the people of uh, Hellas, people of Greece uh, and globally, you know, for everyone around the world affected by diabetes, uh, we're racing for you. So that was really nice to get on stage to present the team and, and to kick off the race begins tomorrow. Well, 10 years ago, uh, mountain bike was really, really big. So I'm uh, Jakob Rocco. And I'm working as a freelancer graphic designer and one of my clients, my biggest clients, is Attila Walter, who's riding the Giro Italia right now. I mean, we, we held uh, huge races in the country, 
with uh, 500 participants and stuff like that, m mostly mountain bike marathons. You know, in our famous big, kind of big uh, mountains. Then it started to fade out and uh, triathlon became bigger. And it's still big to this very day. Uh, road cycling wise, mm, I would say it's, it's, uh, it's kind of the same. Obviously now it's getting really, really popular due to Attila Varta, for example, and, uh, and Blanca Bosch. I don't know if it's worth comparing uh, two sportsmen in any, any way, but I guess uh, Attila is uh, almost there. So he's getting there. He's really, really famous. You can measure this by his appearances in uh, mainstream media. I mean, like television and, and stuff like that. And uh, it's basically the same with, uh, with uh, Blanca. Like uh, at, the, at the winter when the, the Cyclocross National Championship was held in the Varusligat, there were huge uh, masses just because of her. And it was uh, really interesting to see that how many people came out in the winter just to see her uh, riding her bike. <clears throat> so you, you will know, you will be kind of exposed to the, the level and the type of commercial interest um, around him now. Do, can you just talk a little bit about that? I mean, what kind of, are we talking national newspapers? Are we talking big brands, prestigious brands? What kind of... On a commercial level, you know, you said he's very famous, but on a commercial level, how how marketable do you do you get the sense that he is in Hungary? He's getting much more and more marketable, and if he has a, a successful Giro, then it will be skyrocketing, even uh, uh, even better marketable than now. And right now, what do you think is a successful Giro for him? Uh, it's, an it's an interesting thing because for Hungarians and for the for the Hungarian public, he has to has to have a certain you know results, good places, maybe a stage win, maybe I guess a stage win would be much more uh, precious than just uh, a good spot on the GC. That would be a big, 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 big news uh, here in Hungary. So that's, uh, that's how I measure a successful Giro. Carpe diem, Lionel, the two words that you're very familiar with in your life are very much a motto for you and the way you go about your business every single day. Seize the day. That is the challenge facing Attila this weekend. One that he, or as we've heard, he's, well, he's certainly approaching it in a very mature way and he's very conscious of the danger this weekend that with all the pressure on him, all the expectation, his own expectation as well, it may all feel like a bit of an anti-climax and he feels like he's taking measures to combat that. But how does one, how does one guard against that danger? I couldn't be more uh, excited, I think, for a race. It's been crazy that uh, Grand Tour is starting here, so I'm preparing for a long time now and uh, every day is getting closer, I'm getting more excited and um, yeah, I just really look forward. I think um, I think I will be a little bit more stressed day by day. You don't you don't have a, a Grand Tour often or a big race often in Hungary, and you, for the last 10, 20 years we didn't have nobody to 
to have great results to cheer for. So the expectations are really high for me uh, from all the people, even like the, the normal people, they know me now and they don't know what to expect. So they expect me winning. We're ramping up the pressure, aren't we? Kicking off our entire Giro coverage with an episode of Kilometre Zero effectively dedicated to one man. I mean, does it get any more high pressure than that? I don't know. Any advice? Um, take it day by day, as you say. Just uh, keep looking up, see if you can smell the flowers on the side of the road and enjoy it. I mean, what's not to enjoy? The sun's shining, it's going to see beautiful parts of Hungary and then some stunning parts of Italy. I mean, it's just a bike race, isn't it? That's how they've all got to approach it. That's how I'm approaching it anyway, Daniel. Mew me. I have to live with this pressure now, but I wanted to see how I feel when, it's, uh, when you have the pressure. Because last year was completely different uh, going in a Grand Tour and um, being an underdog, an outsider, and then had some good results. Now this year, uh, even the riders and the, and the people will expecting something great. So it's a completely different uh, um, run-up. I think so. So I, I was trained with this mentality and I was raised with this mentality. So I think we'll be all okay. And um, of course, we'll be maybe the, the most nervous and most stressful uh, period of my life. But uh, <laughs> I think we'll be the most unique also. So I really, I really want to enjoy and um, not, not only focusing on the results and the performance, but, but what's happening, what's going around, around me, you know, because... Maybe I have a crash or some bad legs. Who mm. can say? Uh, my the flu or, you know, now yeah. it's many riders sick or you just have some bad luck and then you are waiting something for years or, or at least a year now I'm waiting uh, at least for from when we cancelled it to, to racing in my home country in the Giro. And then you can imagine, uh, I mean, some, some bad things happen and then... It's like your whole life is falling apart. So yeah. I really, I really focused. I really want to do well. I do my best and the best in the preparation and everything. But I know that life will going on, and I just have to enjoy this moment because it can be when you expect something like this, it can be also a nightmare. If you want to put on a show for the Hungarians on those first three days, is there anywhere or any way that you can do it? Because the route, obviously, is not ideal for a rider of your profile. There's the last climb to Visegrad on... Um, I hope I pronounced that more or less correctly. Yeah, you, you pronounce right, yeah. Okay. Um, so that's... You know, I, I spoke to Mark Cavendish about it a couple of days ago, and he doesn't think that he can win there, but, you know, it's still going to be a fast rider. And then there's the time trial and then there's a very flat stage. I mean, are you thinking that you might be able to do something on those first three days or is it just a question of, of avoiding disaster and then getting on with the rest of the race and focusing on your objectives for the rest of the Giro? Yeah, of course, the first one, yeah, that's, that's the most important to, to avoiding disasters and to, to be in the moment, to, to enjoy because, yeah, I should have done, I should do something great but uh this stage is not the best for me so i shouldn't focusing all day sitting in a, in the bus like oh, i have to go well i have to go well i 
I want to look around. I want to see because I already having pictures now and one month before already that people are decorating their houses, the shops and everything. And wow. then it's, I just want to enjoy this. So this is the, the main thing. Like if I look back, uh, like we are talking now about last year's Euro, next year I want to, to think about how great this race was mm. around the, the places which I, which I know for, since I'm a kid. I know all the cities which, where we are going. And of course, uh, the, the TT is something you can, it's now, it's, I, I guess it's too late to prepare for that. Um, to gain a 10 kilo of muscle or something. <laughs> uh, the third stage is a sprint one. I really hope we can do well with Arno. Yeah. It would be super nice when, uh, with the team. And, uh, yeah, then it's up to the first stage, which we have a small climb. Uh, the route is new now. They just made it last uh, last month or like three weeks ago. Yeah, the tarmac is is completely new, so it's super fast. Uh, I did a couple of efforts there, uh, going hard, and then it will be really fast. So, a position is a bit important also, and then it's going really fast. So I don't, uh, to be honest, I don't see how how I can win. But if I have a small chance, I will take it. And I will riding in the front just to show that to my people, uh, yeah, I'm, and this is a stage which is uh, maybe it's much better for me, even maybe for Arno if he survives. It's super nice for uh, Mathieu van der Poel, I think, or some riders like this. If it's going really hard, then it's good for the GC guys like Almeida, who is fast but also mm. strong. But yeah, I want to be up and want to to fight for, for some good position. I want to fight for, for any jerseys or, or the best possible results just to show them uh, yeah, maybe if the stage is, uh, is in Sicily, then I was just trying to hang on and stay in the bunch, but this is our mountain. So I will do my best, but yeah, it's, it's up to the peloton and up to what's happened before. I think if we are going easy, then some sprinters with a good day could survive. And then for me, it's, it's not an easy task to, to pull out some, some good results, but yeah, I quite like the climb and the end is not, uh, it's not so easy, mm. uh, actually, this climb. If you go really fast, it's seven minutes, seven, eight minutes. It's not something which a climber really likes, but uh, I don't know, for Ulissi or Sagan, this, okay. this kind of riders. So you're in Budapest. I'm looking forward to tasting... Some of the specialities you told me about a couple of years ago, the stuffed cabbage and stuff ah, like that. You will. <laughs> you will, you will. What's some that called again? Some, some pancake. R- remind me what it's called? Uh, the stuffed cabbage? Yeah. It's dirted caposta. Okay, I'll look out for it. And um, Yeah, it's nice. Well, Lionel, kicking off with goulash, you've gone for, what was it, typical flavours, smoked flavours from the Budapest kitchen, what was it? Well, it was typical flavours, smoked flavours from Hungary, um, and it's a, a wooden platter of smoked meats. Um, you don't need to talk us through all of them. No. Well, one or two of them are extremely fatty. Um, well, one of them is entirely fat. I mean, that, that's well, literally I can see fat. One as well. Anyway, most importantly... Most sadly, as far as I'm concerned, we haven't managed to find the stuffed cabbage. It was my mission, it was my quest this evening. The stuffed cabbage that Attila Valta, home hero, prodigal son in Budapest, has been talking to me about for two years now. And we're going to end this episode with an apology for Valta. And, and um, we've got three more days to find the stuffed cabbage. I mean, we'll hunt it down, we'll, 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 we'll run across. 
hungry looking for it. <laughs> well, listen. We'll catch it. I mean, how fast can it move? <laughs> listen, the Giro is about to start. It's poised to start, and hopefully uh, a good three days for the home hero will be sufficient <laughs> consolation for us, the Cycling Podcast, not managing to locate this bloody cabbage. <laughs> The Cycling Podcast was created in 2013 by Richard Moore, Daniel Freed and Lionel Burney.